episode number 24 of the Runners of Hue podcast. I'm your host, Vicki Yodi. Today's guest is Juan Ruiz, a.k.a. Kermit the Runner on Instagram. If you don't already follow him, go do it right now. Born and raised in Mexico, Juan moved to Detroit, Michigan in 2007, but it wasn't until he moved to Houston in 2012 that he was first introduced to running when he had to run a mile for his dance class. In this episode, we talk through his weight loss journey. He's lost 90 pounds. His first ever race, the 2020 Houston Marathon, and when exactly he found out how far a marathon really is. Spoiler alert, it was much closer to race day than you think. Everything he accomplished in 2020, the things he's looking forward to in 2021 and 2022, and so much more. I really enjoyed meeting with Juan and learning his story, and I really hope y'all enjoy his story too. Enjoy the episode. Hi, Juan. Thank you so much for being with me here today. Um, Why don't we jump right in? Please tell everybody who you are, what you do, and where in the Houston area you live. Hi, Vicky. Thank you. Uh, my name is Juan, and I am actually from Mexico, um, town, uh, state that is called Guanajuato, in a little bit of town that probably no one knows. <laughs> um, I currently live in Houston. I moved from Guanajuato to Detroit, Michigan in 2012, no, 2007, I'm sorry. And uh, I lived there for five years, and then I moved to Houston. And ever since then, I've been here. Um, I work as customer service and um, what was the other question? I think we hit all the high points. Uh, okay. <laughs> so, well, so if you grew up, what was growing up in Mexico like? Uh, it was very different. And that's one of the things that I love to share with everyone uh, and any, you know, new runner or anyone who I uh, meet along the way. Um, growing up there is just, it's just very different. Um, from the moment you go to kindergarten, I remember um, going to the market, uh, buy fresh foods, products, anything uh, when it comes to uh, meal prepping. That's what we call it. So any, any from Monday through Sunday, we'll go to the market and get like different things that my mom would, you know, want to cook or anything like that. But um, I love the fact that everything, everything was fresh. Like um, I was just telling this story to someone, somebody else at work that uh, um, in Mexico at the market, uh, when you go and you walk around, it's just like a little um, run around thing, uh, track if you will. <laughs> um, so you, you get to see the meat hanging uh, on, on the counters and flies flying around. Um, so it's kind of disgusting, but that's how I was, you know, <laughs> that's how I grew up. Um, then, uh, in a small little town, I never experienced like what it's like to be in a, at a bigger city mm-hmm. at a bigger scale. And it was very, um, humbling. It was very, uh, I always keep telling myself and my, my little brothers who were born here to never take anything for granted because from where we come, it's very, um, we didn't get to experience any of those things here, there, that we, uh, that we do here. And um, I loved it. I actually kind of miss, miss it. And um, 
I just re recently went back probably four years ago. And just the fact that I got to experience and relive the whole thing in just a um, couple of days, it was just amazing and incredible. Um, so growing there, it was like, okay, being a child, uh, I guess I remember playing basketball uh, with other um, kids around the block and just running around with other, uh, I guess, teenagers, kids around my age. It was very, um, that's all I needed. That's all you needed when, you, when it comes to, uh, you know, living there in Mexico, because you don't get technology, you don't have all this. Uh, I didn't even, I don't even watch, remember, uh, I don't even remember watching TV. And uh, the only thing that I was doing is just out, being out there, playing on the rain, getting dirty, even though my mom didn't like that. <laughs> so she was like, okay, if you're gonna get dirty, you're gonna have to do your laundry or do this and do that. Um, also, when I was in school, it was a different, different thing. Uh, we, don't, we don't have sports like we have here or in track, football, basketball. Um, it's very rural and it was very poor. So that's, um, that was my, my childhood living there uh, growing up. I lived there until I was uh, 14 years old. Until I was 14 years old and then I, I moved to, to Detroit. So did you live in like Detroit proper, like in the big city, moving from rural Mexico to Detroit? Yes, uh, it was a huge change and it was very um, unbelievable. One, uh, when I was in, I guess, middle school in Mexico, uh, I remember taking English classes, but I was just in my head, I was like, okay, so what am I taking English class? I'm never going to get to uh, to speak to somebody else. Uh, and it, that was me back then thinking. Mm -hmm. But then when my mom did, made the decision to move to Detroit, I was like, okay, so I shouldn't have taken those classes more seriously. <laughs> I guess the only thing I remember, it was just the uh, learning the birth uh, to be or not to be. And I'm like, okay, so I know something. So when I came to, to Detroit, in 2007, around March, um, it was a huge, huge uh, change. And we had to adapt. And it took a long time for me to adapt and uh, made those changes in my life uh, to finally come to terms that we were gonna stay and we're gonna be here for the long term. Mm -hmm. And we're just gonna make our lives here and go from there. At the beginning uh, of me moving from Mexico to Detroit, it was very hard because I lived with my mom for 14 years. Mm -hmm. um, we went to, my mom and my dad were separating and I, I had to make a decision to stay with my 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 dad. I have never lived with my dad before. So that was my first time and it was kind of exciting. So my mom uh, took us to Detroit and then she came back to Houston. Uh, she lived here for a couple of years so it was heartbreaking for me to stay there, but at the same time, it was something new and I wanted to experience that. So it was, um, it was a big change, a drastic change. And yeah. What did you think of your first winter in Detroit? It was actually uh, in March. Um, I remember talking to my grandmother and uh, I told her, so I said, I, we didn't see any snow when we got there, okay. but it was, it was cold. It was like around 40 degrees uh, still during March. 
And then uh, the very first night I remember waking up like in the middle of the night, excited to see the snow through the window, the second floor. And um, I remember telling my, my brother, my sister, uh, okay, let's get dressed and let's go out and play on the snow. So it was, um, it was a very, it was a very great experience. And I still remember that to this day. Uh, it was like around 1, 1.20 a.m. We woke up excited. We were screaming. My grandmother, my grandfather, my dad woke up and they were like, what's going on? Why are you screaming? And I'm like, okay, well, I have never seen snow and there's snowing outside. So um, we just built snowmans. And then the very next morning, uh, my uncles, they drove us to the nearest park and we uh, played baseball, something that I didn't even know how to, how to play, never heard of it in my life. And um, we just spent like maybe a three to four hours in the park early in the morning. And since um, my grandma lives like in very close to, very, very close to downtown Detroit. Mm -hmm. So from my, uh, my bedroom, I remember looking through the window and I, I used to uh, see the uh, Canada Bridge from, from, from my window. And I'm like, okay, so I wanna go there. I remember telling my uncles and then the very next morning they took us down there and we play right next to the bridge. We took uh, crazy pictures, and but it was very cold. My cheeks were um, uh, burned and my lips and I'm like, okay, I, I think I had enough. Let's just go back home and have something warm. But that was the first time. And uh, of course, around November, December, again, it was a whole thing. I have never seen that much snow in my life, um, probably three to four feet. And I remember me, I remember myself walking from my grandmother's house to school, walking. Um, there was no school buses there back then. Okay. So we used to walk and it was like a mile walk um one way and sometimes the school will you know get canceled but it was weird especially because they're used to getting that much snow so I remember walking down the street it, it was kind of sketchy and scary the trip back then in 2012 it was just kind of uh you don't want to be outside by yourself <laughs> kind of thing so you were in high school by then um, when, when I first got here in 2007, uh, I took probably like maybe two months. I was two months in uh, middle school. I graduated from um, eighth grade. And then uh, the next school year, I went right into um, high school. Okay. So yeah. once you moved here, if Mexico didn't have any like organized sports like that, did you get involved in sports in school? Well, that's another thing that um, I didn't get to know that school, high schools or middle schools have sports mm -hmm. because we don't really get to see that in Detroit back then. Okay. So I learned um, because of like near schools and other, uh, my mommy telling, my mom living here in Houston and Magnolia Texas actually, uh, I remember her telling me that people were doing running and basketball, soccer, football. And I was like, okay, so we don't have any of that over there. Um, again, we didn't even have a, a school bus right so um no we do, we okay. didn't have any uh, if probably the only thing i remember was like swimming so i took swimming lessons in, while i was in school mm -hmm. maybe uh around 10th grade okay. but uh, it was not a team it was just like swimmer 
So, so when I'm, did you when did you first get in? When did you start running then? Okay, so that's a long story. Um, <laughs> as mentioned, uh, when I was uh, a kid in, in Mexico, I remember playing around running, and I didn't even think of a sport or something that I will enjoy. Mm -hmm. But I remember playing basketball, and I remember that playing basketball is very uh, is very much running mm -hmm. and short distances, and you know. But uh, the very first time I remember that uh, I thought about running as a, um, doing something that I like. It was this one time that I was walking to high school and I was on the phone with my mom. So my mom told me, like after 10 minutes, are you running? I'm like, no, I'm just walking to school. So I was uh, losing my breath. I couldn't catch my breath at all. And um, back then I was probably 17 years old and I was uh, 240 pounds. And that was the main reason why I was, you know, Mm -hmm. uh, I couldn't catch my breath while walking. So that day, my mom um, made me think about it. So my my lifestyle in, in Detroit was very depressing uh, after a couple of years living there. One main factor is uh, winter. You know, during winter time, you don't really get to go outdoors. And uh, me not knowing anyone, it's just me by myself. Mm -hmm. And um Living with my daddy was like a different story, uh, something that I didn't even expect in the sense that I didn't really get to, to uh, spend time with him. So it was just me by myself. Um, he was all the time working with, oh, with, with, uh, with the friends. And it was just me from going from school to uh, back to the house. And sometimes I would say extra time at school because I didn't, want to, I didn't even want uh, to go back home because it was just so depressing. But um, so my mom made me uh, think about my weight loss uh, or my weight. And um, that's when I decided to make changes. I used to eat like uh, a packet of Oreos uh, with a glass of milk or two glasses of milk every night. Wow. Then I will get up in the morning and eat cereal, um, eat uh, breakfast tacos that my grandma used to make for us and then go to school and still have the breakfast there. Uh, my, my grandma used to uh, pack lunch for us. Uh, so I used to eat my grandma's lunch and then um, the lunch that school will give us. And on top of that, I will eat like 10 or 15 uh, chicken wings every day. And then after school, I will eat like pizza or any, whatever my, my grandma will make and then go to, I remember, I remember going to McDonald's for the first time. I have never seen a McDonald's before. I'm like, what is this? Like, you know, having hamburgers in Mexico is very different to here. Uh, everything's fresh again. And I, we used to have uh, McDonald's every day or Castle, uh, White Castle, okay. Burger King. And I'm like, oh, I'm not used to eating any of this, but it was good. <laughs> so I will eat it um, every day. And that's how I gained 240 pounds. So my mom, um, uh, probably soon after we had that conversation, she decided to move to um, to Detroit uh, again. She lived there for a couple of years. And I remember my mom going to this uh, bakery and right across the street from the bakery, there was a uh, Everlife uh, club. Uh, have you heard of Everlife? Like it's like noon or Oregon. Oh, okay. No, I don't, I'm not familiar. Yeah. So it's supplements that um, they help you lose weight. 
Okay. So my mom was walking out of the bakery with a huge bag of spandles of sweet bread and bolillos. And uh, she had just made menudo for the night, for the morning to have breakfast because that was our breakfast. So we never experienced to have eggs or pancakes or anything like that. Breakfast, it was like heavy stuff, mm-hmm. like red meats uh, and all these kind of things in the morning. Mm-hmm. So it was, um, this lady approached my mom and told, and told her, hey, are you interested in having a healthy breakfast? And my mom was like, what's that? You know, we, <laughs> we never experienced that. And when um so my mom agreed and she said yes that's fine we can go and uh get into the breakfast whatever so she walked into the uh establishment and um when she got the first cup it was just a foam cup um with water warm water i believe and it was aloe it was like the regular aloe uh with hot uh, water and they will give you that um the first uh, for the at the beginning, and then they will give you another, the same foam, uh, cup foam f- full of water again with a tea. And it would, this one, it was flavor, um, lime, uh, blackberry or something like that. And then she will get the shake. But when she first got the, the aloe, she was like, what is this? She was expecting eggs or she was expecting something else for us breakfast. And she just laughed and she almost got up and walked out. So when she allowed for uh, for that lady to explain um, to my mom what it was, she was like, okay, so um, I'm kind of um, overweight myself. So I wouldn't mind paying attention to this and, and trying. So she went home like after $500, $500 after, um, you know, investing on her weight loss went home and she bought the membership to be a member of that and as soon as you get as soon as you are a member for that um you get 25 percent um i call it a scheme but i don't know (laughs) so she went home and she talked to me she let me try uh she um asked me to try the products so i tried the products and i kind of liked it the aloe tasted like i don't know bleach it's not like i have ever tasted bleach before but, but it wasn't you know, good. Yeah. <laughs> so I did not uh, I did not like the aloe, but I did like the, the shakes and, and the tea. So that's how it started. Uh, she sold me uh, $700 worth of products. <laughs> I didn't buy the membership, but she sold me $700 worth of products to, uh, and that way I helped her to get to the 50% discount. So again, it's just. Um, oh, I see what you mean about scam. I just want to, I get you. Yeah. So um, now that she got the 50% off, um, I told her, well, see, since you sold me $700 for, uh, worth of products, sell my product and give me the 50%. <laughs> and then I can buy more products from you. So anyway, um, I started drinking the products. I started do, uh, doing the supplements in the morning instead of having a breakfast. I had a, a shake, my tea and the aloe. And then within a period of six months, um, it actually has some pills, whatever, to uh, increase your metabolism. Mm-hmm. Um, so within a period of six months, I lost 60 pounds. 60, six zero? Yes. That's awesome. And, um, and then from there, it was just me walking all the time I was just walking Detroit it was just everything is short distance so we walk to the store to the uh, market 
I would walk to um, school and back and back and forth. And it was just a lot of walking. Mm-hmm. And then I started incorporating like kind of jogging, walk, jog, walk kind of thing. And, uh, but it's not until I moved to Houston is when I started running. Um, I remember when I moved to Houston in 2012, uh, I left high school uh, from Detroit. We, there was something else, something drastic happened with my dad and he had to go back to Mexico. So my grandmother couldn't take care of me. So I moved to, uh, back to Magnolia, Texas. Mm -hmm. And I had to enroll um, in high school here. Um, when I was in Detroit, uh, I was so close to graduation day and it was probably two months away, but when I moved to Magnolia, I didn't have enough credits. So I have to do another year and a half of high school. Yeah. And, but even then when I moved to, uh, to Magnolia, I didn't join track. Okay. It was too hot during the summer. I was like, I'm not running during the summer. So I joined dance and in dance, um, funny enough, my teacher and she used to make us run at least a mile. <laughs> so I'm like, I should have just joined track instead of dance. So, um, and that's how I got into running um, by joining the, the dance um, class, which is so funny. I, I can't even believe that. Me, I never thought about me dancing. It will involve running, right. but it did. Like every class, it was a mile run. Well, like it kind of makes sense. Like if you sit down and think about it, because if you're depending on how long you have to dance for, like if you're performing at a sporting event or a dance competition and you're dancing for five, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes, it's a lot of cardio. And the best way to build up your cardio (laughs) is to run. But yeah, it's not something I would have ever like, it's not something you put together. Yeah. And you don't even think about it. Right. No, it would never have occurred to me that if I joined the dance team, somebody was going to make me run a mile. <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, so, so when you, go ahead. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, so when you, so you're, you're in school now, you have a year, year and a half, you're on the dance team, uh, but then you graduate and no more dance. So did you just decide on your own? Like, I'm going to keep running. I liked that. Or how did that work for you? No, I actually kept dancing. Uh, so I took another two years um, of just private uh, dance. Oh, very cool. Uh, I enrolled into like one of those, um, uh, what do you call it? Um, places, I don't know, for lack of a better word. But I joined them for two years and I just didn't like it anymore. It was there. I lived in Magnolia, Texas. Mm-hmm. So Magnolia, Texas back then, and even still, you see a lot of discrimination against Latinos and a lot um, LGBT um, people. So uh, I just stopped going. It was very discouraging for me to uh, to keep going. And um, so I graduated high school. I took two more years. And then after that, uh, I actually didn't get to go to college um, my mom was, she's always been a hard worker and, um, we're it's seven of us. Okay. Um, so it's seven of us and she was taking care of all seven of us. Um, so I read before even I graduated high school, I started working at the age of 16 and right after, uh, high school here in, in Texas, I remember me finding a job and then, uh, it wasn't enough because I tried to you know, save money to go to college. And 
Um, I couldn't get any financial aid. Um, yeah, so back then it was, um, I think it's, this is too personal, but I don't know if you want to put that on there. Okay. Um, I, I couldn't, uh, I didn't have a social security, so it was very hard. Um, and almost, I remember going back to, to my college years thinking, oh, doing this field trips to different universities, different this and that, and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. But when you're at that age, you didn't even think about those things. Right. So when I graduated high school, um, I found out that I couldn't. And uh, I just that, um, started to work even more. So I remember working at McDonald's for my first job. Mm-hmm. And then uh, from there, I wasn't making enough money. So I had to find a second job and I was working as a receptionist um, at a hotel in Tumbo, Texas. Mm-hmm. And so I would work from 11 p.m. to 7 a.m. And then from 7 a.m. to uh, 4 to 5 p.m. Just to try to get extra income to help my mom and help myself. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but even then, uh, at that time, um, I was already uh, running. So I, would, I remember me getting off uh, sometimes at seven and then I had like a few hours in between because sometimes I will work from 10 a.m. to uh, 5 p.m. at McDonald's so I will work in between and just sleep for like 30 minutes uh, but I had to make sure that I get my runs in I couldn't I, I couldn't stop running at that time so um, I remember going to this beautiful park uh, beautiful park and I don't know if it's Magnolia or Tumbo uh, it's called Burris Park and it's beautiful in Magnolia. And uh, right after getting up from work at the hotel, I would drive maybe like 20 minutes, 20 minutes and, and run, uh, go home, shower and go to work. And then at, right after work, just go for maybe another 30 minute uh, run. And cause it will help me relax and go to sleep, um, you know, easier, try to uh, get, the most rest as possible and then go back to work again. Um, so one day I remember going back to Burris Park on a Saturday and I believe it was around the end of December. Mm-hmm. And I remember seeing all these runners, um, group of runners uh, at the park. And I'm like, what's going on? Why is there so many runners here? So they were uh, taping uh, their, their miles for the Chevron Marathon. I didn't even know that that was a thing. Again, I, uh, when I was in high school, I didn't uh, make any friends. One, uh, the main thing was just the language barrier. Mm-hmm. Even though I lived in Detroit for five years, all my classes were in Spanish. My, I live in Mexican town, so all the teachers were Hispanic. Okay. But uh, I didn't get to learn the uh, English, and I'm still learning um, until I moved to Magnolia. Uh-huh. So I remember, uh, again, going back to the park, seeing all these runners. And I'm like, uh, what's going on? So they were like, well, we're running, training for the, for the marathon. And I was like, what is, what is a marathon? I, I didn't, I, I was so, um, I don't know, clueless of what it was a marathon. And this uh, older lady, she uh, addressed me because she had seen me working at the McDonald's. Um, and I was like, you look familiar. She said, yes, uh, I've seen you and uh, you're very nice and blah, blah, blah. Um, and I seen you running here at the park. You should uh, join the training or the running group. And I was like, which running group? I was clueless again. Um, so there, she started talking about uh, the Chevron Marathon and I'm like, okay. So that got stuck in my head. But um, 
I never thought about even running a marathon. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't even know how many miles a marathon had back then. Right. And so uh, fast forward after that, that day, I kept running, running maybe like, uh, I think the most miles I ever done back then, it was like nine miles, mm-hmm. um, walking, jogging, running. Mm-hmm. But um yeah, that that's how I that's how I started to uh, to uh, notice the Shiver Marathon back then. So, well, I'm I've got lost in the timeline. How long ago was that? Was that like twenty, like fifteen? Um, twenty fourteen. Twenty fourteen. So, all this time happened. Um, it was just me running by myself. All this time I ran by myself, mm-hmm. um, and not until probably. Probably 20, so in 2015, I met my, my husband and he has a lot of friends that, uh, and especially this one friend, her name is Liz mm-hmm. and she's a runner. She's a legacy runner from the Chevrolet Marathon, uh, the half marathon. Okay. And uh, she's the one who told me about it. I've seen you that you run at the park, blah, blah, blah. You should do a, a marathon. And again, when she, uh, when she brought it up, I was like, Okay, so I heard about the Chevrolet Marathon, but I don't know how many miles I need to run. So um, when she told me it was 20, uh, no, she didn't even say the, the distance. Um, I was like, okay, so that's, that sounds fine. But I, I actually didn't even sign up until 2019. So four years passed until uh, I already had it in the back of my head, uh, my head saying, okay, I probably need to train for this. I need to run, I need to run more. Um, I never Googled what it took to run a marathon or how to train to run a marathon. Okay. So I signed up for the 2020 uh-huh. marathon and that was my first race ever. Uh-huh. Um, so. You dove right in. Well, so, so once you signed up, then did you Google how to train for a marathon? No. <laughs> <laughs> so did you train for the marathon? Um, well, I didn't even know how train looked like for a marathon. Um, but I think I was already doing part of it because uh, mm. I remember me running like six miles. Yeah. Uh, well, in 2014, the, the the longest miles I ever run it was nine. Okay. But then uh, my life changed drastically after I met my my husband, and um, I started working for the city of Houston. And so it, it, working eight to five, it was just a big change. Um, but right before the marathon, I remember me running like. Um, intervals mm-hmm. but the, the most that I, I did it was six miles it was not even nine miles anymore it was six miles before the marathon yes so I guess um the pace that I was going for it was based on those six miles <laughs> six mile pace and I think I was doing uh 9 30 uh to 10 40 per mile okay. and I'm like okay so if I can do this for six miles I can probably hold it for 26 or for whatever long the, the, the Chevrolet Marathon is. Because at that time, I, I didn't know how many miles. But um, I was confident. I was uh, working out at the gym, you know, uh, strength working, uh, working workouts. And uh, also was a lot of doing a lot of swimming, a lot of um, aquatic fitness and things like that. So in my head, I was ready. But um, not until the day before. I didn't even know that I have to carb load the night before or even the week before uh-huh. and hydrate. 
I, none of that was, um, you know, I was never told any of that information and I didn't even bother on researching because in my head, I was ready. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I love this story. So what did race day look like for you? Okay, so race day, uh, fast forward 2020, um, I remember me taping uh, my miles six miles again on the treadmill. Um, uh, the day of the race, uh, the, the night before I talked to Liz, Michael's um, friend, and I was like, okay, so am I gonna be, you know, driving with you? Am I gonna take an Uber? Do I, what do I need to do? I have no idea. And um, she said, okay, so you need to get up at four in the morning. And I'm like, okay, so why at four in the morning when the race is not going to start until seven? And she said, well, you need to, uh, you need to start uh, get up at four in the morning so you have enough time to go to the bathroom um, and eat something light. I totally forgot about eating something light, and but um, instead I had pasta that uh, spaghetti oh, that my yeah that my husband had already made for me. So I was like, okay, so. I, I need to eat something. So I had a, a big bowl full of spaghetti. And then um, I drove to her house with another friend, Julio, and um, another family member. They were doing, all three of them, they were doing the half, uh, I guess, Remco. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they were doing the half. So we drove to her house and um, um, around 2.90, and then we left uh, around 4. We left her house. She gave us a banana. And I was like, why are you giving me one? So you don't cramp up. And I was like, okay, I never had cramps before, but okay, I guess I'll, I'll take the banana. I'll do it. Uh, <laughs> I'll do anything just to make sure that I get through the uh, finish line. So um, I ate the banana. Uh, I, I took it with me. She gave me a bottle of water. And um, I, around this time, I had no idea about running shoes. The running shoes that I went to Chevrolet Marathon, they were New Balance and they were like old running shoes from like maybe eight months old. Okay. And I had already put a lot of miles in because I was running like six miles daily mm -hmm. or four miles daily. And um, so we got to uh, to the parking. We found parking. We went to the George R. Brown Convention Center and I saw a lot of people and I was like, oh, I guess it's a, a thing, you know? I have never seen so many runners in my life gathered together. And um, I was shocked. I, I was, I, I couldn't believe that I was actually doing that. And not until I got to uh, that place, um, that's when it dawned on me and I'm like, okay, I have never Googled this. Let me see how many miles in a, in, in a marathon. So when I found out, I was like, I don't think I can do this for 26 miles. And um, I saw a lot of people stretching, sitting down and okay, I was doing the same thing as them. I was just follow everything they were doing and they were, I was just doing, I was stretching. That's something that I have never done before in my life other than um, for the dancing part. But then after that, I have I, I stopped in, um, it dawned on me, and I, I remember hearing this conversation around and saying, so what time are you going for? And I was like, I don't know. Um, I know the cutoff time is like six hours, and I just hope that um, I can make it. 
because my friend, uh, our friend Liz, she told me that if you don't, uh, if you don't cr uh, cross the finish line by hour six, someone come and pick you up. And I was, I don't want to be that person, but I, I get, I wasn't ready. So I see, uh, I remember seeing all this um, running groups uh, around the center and it was a cold morning, actually. Mm -hmm. 2020, 20, it was a very cold and windy morning. And I, here I am running, um, wearing shorts. It was just, I remember having a pullover and, and that was in. And the, and the gloves that they gave us at the convention center. Um, so that was that. And I remember having, hearing these conversations, what time are you going for? 220, 230, uh, 225. And I was, I was intimidated. But again, I mean, I was naive and I, I just didn't know anything. I don't know. I didn't even know any better. So um, I remember seeing these groups with the pacing uh, flag. Uh -huh. And um, I was like, okay, so I've, I've seen uh, several play, uh, pacing groups. So maybe um, I can try to stick with one. Um, that was me making all this in my head. <laughs> And uh, not knowing what piece they were uh, running per mile, whatever. And um, so I remember going for a cup of coffee and my friend Liz told me, don't drink coffee. Mm. And if you need to use the bathroom, you have to use it now. So um, I had another uh, bottle of water and right before we head out, I remember stepping on the scale. They were like, okay, you need, we need to wait uh, to see how many pounds you weigh. Blah, blah, blah. And I was like, but why? So I had no idea. You know, I'm fat anyway. I don't know. <laughs> I'm overweight. So um, we head out to uh, out of the convention center and it was very cold again. I went to, uh, that's the first time I learned about corrals. Mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not a cow to go into a corral. <laughs> I don't know. Um, I just remember that from back Mexico, a corral, and I'm like, okay, so I guess I'm, I was in C. Okay. And uh, my my friend Liz, and she was telling me, why, why are you in C? And I was like, I don't know. I just put the numbers on, you know, the registration thing. And <laughs> I guess that's, I was facing the pace based on my my six miles. <laughs> so <laughs> I got to, to go, um, I think it was C. And I didn't even know anyone there. Mm -hmm. I just remember having my headphones and um, having second doubts and second thoughts, doubting myself. And um, I remember looking around, uh, it was very dark. And I saw uh, this spacing flag again, I think it was um, 420, four hours and 20 minutes. Mm -hmm. And I was like, okay, so let me see if I can keep up with them. As soon as the, uh, we got to go and we crossed the, um, the starting point, I remember running um, and by not even a mile in, I was already tired. And I guess it was just me being nervous. Mm -hmm. um, but then uh, as the miles uh, kept coming, um, I went to mile probably six or seven. And then I saw this flag again with the uh, minute 420. And I was like, oh, I guess I, you know, cut up to them. Let me just stick to that group. So I, I did. And um, I remember crossing the half marathon mark, mm -hmm. the 13.1. Uh, um, and it was like two hours and uh, 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. 
And I'm like, okay, so I'm, I can keep up this pace. But uh, around mile 15, um, I'm not sure if it's mile 15, right by the um, overpass on 59, um, I had to go to the bathroom. Mm-hmm. And I lost like maybe 10 minutes there in the bathroom. <laughs> Um, and then as soon as I went over the overpass, um, I went down uh, 59 going into uh, Galleria area. Mm-hmm. And I had started to have some sharp pain on both of my feet. Oh. Um, on my feet and on the outer side. And I didn't know what it was. Like I was, as soon as I was stepping down, uh, I would feel like sharp pain, like pins and needles. And I, I didn't know what was going on. But again, no running shoes experience so I didn't know uh, what kind of shoes to buy mm-hmm. and then barely had any cushion um the uh the sole was already uh, probably gone I don't even know <laughs> so by when I made it to uh Woodway mm-hmm. um I remember I stopped and I was like okay I'm not going to keep going anymore so I'm just gonna um walk and I walked for a couple of minutes and I was walking running walking running walking running I never had any cramps or anything like that so on that aspect I was fine and um again I was following this group uh, up until my 15th um right before I had to go to the bathroom and then I lost him but prior to those miles I remember me hydrating every time they will hydrate Mm -hmm. and I guess okay so it's helping me but after mile 15, I was just walking and running, walking and running. And it's just that um, I have a thought of me um, seeing my family members waiting for me and my husband. And I'm like, uh, I need to finish this. I started it and I need to finish. So I, re- I remember hearing all these people uh, screaming my name. Come on, Juan, come on, Juan, you can do it. You can do it. You're almost there. And I was like. I'm a mile 15th, <laughs> okay? <laughs> I don't think I'm almost there, but I appreciate the fact that you're encouraging me to keep going. So um, once I got to uh, 610 and good, uh, Woodway, it was, again, pain, a lot, lots, lots of pain. Um, I couldn't even put pressure on my feet anymore. But uh, at that time, I was just running on adrenaline. Mm-hmm. Um, it was just so amazing. It was amazing. It was an amazing experience to have all these people, uh, expectators, expectators, uh, chanting your name, screaming, saying, come on, you can do this. Come on, you can do this. And then uh, running along all these other runners for the same uh, purpose. And um, so when I got to downtown, uh, Allen Parkway, actually, uh, that was the toughest part for me because I was already having so much pain and um, seeing those uh, underpasses and it, it was just, it was just tough. But then as soon as I got to uh, Lamar or Allen Parkway in downtown, downtown, mm-hmm. I felt this breeze. I don't know if it was just, uh, every time I go through there, you can feel the, the, the wind coming down. Mm-hmm. So I felt the breeze and I was like, okay, so I'm almost there. I can I can uh, I can see it. I can see it on my watch. I'm almost there. I have only maybe a mile left. So for that, the the rest of that mile uh, until the finish line, 
I ran. I kept running. I never stopped. And um, I finished with my uh, my time uh, 444, 445. Yes. So that was uh, that was crazy. I, I have never expected to uh, to actually finish on four hours and 45 minutes uh, a full marathon. Having only run six miles at yeah. a time before you went in, that's amazing. Yeah. I'm number one, super jealous because I've never run a full marathon yet. And I went into my first half marathon having only run six miles. But I think if I went into a marathon, personally having only run six miles I wouldn't make it so congrats to you thank you Uh, two questions how long after you finished did you sign up for your next race and how long after you finished did you buy a new pair of sneakers okay so those are all questions um as soon as I got the notification in my email that uh the open the registration was open I signed up for it um, it's, it was a challenge that I wanted to, uh, to keep doing and it's running. So I love running. And, um, the answer to the next question was, uh, probably a month after, uh, because right after the race, uh, we had a, a, a trip to Mexico city and I was in so much pain that after I, I crossed the finish line. I couldn't walk anymore. I, I completely stopped. I couldn't walk. Um, I didn't even let the, uh, um, to, uh, I didn't even want to get a massage because it was so painful uh-huh. that I just I just left and we went to have breakfast and in that sense, but I couldn't walk. Uh, so I would say after a month, uh, a month after the race. Yeah, I had my feet. Uh-huh. Go ahead. Oh, my feet were just red and swollen and it was just like inflamed. I went to Mexico City and uh, I was walking and stopping. I was with my husband and I remember him buying like ice and putting ice on my feet, trying to get that inflammation. It was just a mess. So when you, you weighed yourself before the race, did they did they weigh you? Like, did you have it together enough to weigh yourself after the race? Did you figure out why they asked you to do that? Yes. How much did because you of, uh, because of dehydration? Um, I think I lost a total of four pounds. Okay. Yeah, I think I lost four pounds, and um, but I gained them all. Oh, um, of course. It's I, right, right after the race, I had like maybe a couple of pancakes, and then I came home. My mom made uh, breakfast for me, so it it was the second was best my- thing about running a race is the food that you eat afterwards. Yes, correct. But you just have to make sure that you have to uh, eat the the right foods and, you know, to nourish your body and and replenish. And at that time, um, again, I didn't have any idea of how to uh, do the nutrition, how to do the um, uh, hydration. I had no idea. So I would just eat and drink whatever. So after your first race, like, how did you figure out then, did you start like researching what would what to do and what that looks like and then testing out what works for you? No. <laughs> no, I, I, I didn't. That's okay. You're my favorite. Um, so, well, so not long after, I mean, so that was January and then you went to Mexico and then you come back and I'm 
assuming pretty shortly after that was when the world shut down. Um, mm-hmm. uh, but it looks like you did a lot of virtual races. So, yeah. I mean, you definitely did not stop running. So, no. but also in here, somewhere in 2020 was when you found running groups, it looks like too. So you did, did you start running with different groups? Mm, no, not really. Oh. Um, I, I was, cause I was, um, I'm always been an introvert. Like it was really hard for me to make friends with, to uh, start the conversation and trying to find something to talk about. Mm-hmm. So that's always been my challenge. And um, I'm even surprised that I'm doing this podcast. I was going to say, you're doing great. I love talking to you. You should talk to everybody. <laughs> I mean, but honestly, it it's, I host a podcast and I'm an introvert, but I love running and I love to talk about running. So like it's, if you have common ground, it, it makes everything easier. Uh, yeah, and I didn't even think about that at that moment. Mm-hmm. So um, right after Chevron, uh, I started running again by my, on my own, but um, I did get injured. So the, the pain that I was feeling on my feet, it was actually plantar fasciitis. Oh. Um, I didn't find out until like a couple of months later, uh, the pain went away, but then it came back like a couple of months later mm-hmm. and, um, and I'm still suffering with it. Like, uh, just, uh, probably a week and a half ago, I started another, uh, by running again mm-hmm. and, um, I couldn't walk again for a couple of days, yeah. but I noticed that the ice bottle rolling mm-hmm. it and stretching and that alleviates the problem and it goes away. And yeah yeah for so sure. i actually have that right now too yeah it's <laughs> yeah. The, the worst it, it really is um but yeah i like will sit at my desk with a foam roller under my foot and just roll back and forth all day i would i recommend you to do the uh i don't know if you've done that before but uh the the bottle of water uh, not in a while but i've heard about that i need to try it yeah it's it's instant relief like it numbs the pain and then uh the inflammation goes away oh nice uh, Again, last Tuesday, uh, I couldn't walk. No, Wednesday, I couldn't walk. And my my coworker at work, she suffers from the same thing. Mm-hmm. And she told me to do that, uh, freeze a bottle of water and just roll in. And within 15 minutes, I was just walking like normal. Okay. Yeah. So, no, I didn't join any running groups. I just running by, I was running by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because in 2020, it was, it was very hard. It was a very hard year for uh, many of us, um, more from uh, others. And um, I don't even want to cry, but um, so back in August uh, 2020, um, I, I had to stop my running and we got sick. We, uh, we tested positive for COVID-19 and my husband and I, I was the first one to test positive. Mm-hmm. I left work in, uh, on a Thursday and, um, at the end of August. And I, I had the, the symptoms very, very strong from like Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Mm-hmm. On Sunday, I was already feeling kind of okay, but, um, I didn't even, I, I think I only took some Tylenol and, um, and then I was just having some, uh, sinuses and, and headaches, but, uh, I had a lot of fever. Uh, my temperature was, uh, high and then I started to feel okay after a couple of days, but my husband, then he got sick. 
um, probably that Sunday, mm-hmm. he started to develop symptoms and I was just caring for him. The next day, it was uh, a Monday. I, of course, I called in sick and we went to get te- uh, a test for him too. But of course, I knew that that was what, you know, COVID-19 and he tested positive. Um, his, uh, he has underlying conditions. So he was doing fine. He was doing okay for like a whole week. Mm-hmm. Into uh, uh, going into September seventh, uh, that sun the Sunday before September seventh, um, he was having again temperature. Mm-hmm. His temperature spiked to one of four, one one of three, one of four, and um, I was doing a lot of research and the news and this and that. So I I told him we need to call your doctor. Uh, we uh, we call the doctor. The doctor was it was September seventh. It was a holiday. Oh, yeah. um, so the doctors were, were out. We thankfully got, uh, were able to get a nurse and the nurse prescribed some medication. I went to the uh, CVS and picked it up. But at the same time, I bought one of those oximeters mm-hmm. to check your uh, oxygen level. And um, right when I came back to the house, he, uh, he was on, on a video uh, visit with a doctor and I told I had told the doctor that uh, the nurse that I bought the oximeter, so she had me checking the, the oxygen levels. Because oxygen oxygen levels were down to eighty four, and um, it was the hardest day of my life. Hearing all this kind of um, things on the news that you know when you have someone like that, you don't really get to to live in. So I remember me driving to the hospital and um, dropping him off. Uh, he was hungry, so I went in and bought something for him while he was waiting outside of the emergency room. And when I came back, I didn't see him anymore. So I didn't even know if I was going to be able to see him again. I remember me sitting outside of the emergency room and there was this lady just looking at me saying, why are you crying? And I was like, well, lady, my husband just got admitted to the hospital due to COVID-19 and I don't even know if I'm gonna be able to see him again. So right after he was admitted, um, he was um, in intensive care. They took his vitals and they, that night, he, the nurse told him that he was probably gonna be on a, um, what do you call them? Um, ventilator. Ventilator. That he was going to be in a ventilator. And when the nurse called me, um, I just lost him. And I was crying and crying and crying. Uh, even though I have my mom and my family here, um, it was hard because I couldn't see them. It was everything over the phone. Mm-hmm. I only have my, my dogs and, and myself. So... The nurse called me that he was probably going to be on a ventilator and they had talked to him. They talked to him saying uh, it might do probably good for you to be on a ventilator. But he had, you know, pay attention to the news, hear this and that, read so many articles. And um, he said, no, he said, no, I'm not going to be on a ventilator because I'm not I'm probably not going to uh, wake up anymore. So he was resilient and uh, he's he didn't allow the doctor to put him on a ventilator. Um, so it was like a roller coaster of emotions. Um, there were some days that um, the, the nurse or the doctor would call saying that 
um, if he had a will, if he had some, but I guess it's, um, you know, normal for them to ask those questions. Right. But no idea. And me being in that position, I, I just hang up on the doctor and I'm like, I don't even want to talk to you right now. <laughs> and because I was crying, I couldn't, I, I couldn't even talk. I couldn't even speak. So um, there were days that his oxygen, he was on full oxygen. Uh, I think it was 60 millimeters uh, oxygen, like the max that he could get. Mm -hmm. Sometimes they will uh, drop it to um, uh, 60%, increase it to 70, 80. And it was just, it was, it was the horrible. Um, so he will call me. He had his phone with him. He, he called me a uh, video call and I would just hate to see him with all those tubes and not knowing what was going to happen. He almost, um, he was almost at the hospital for a month. And, um, I, I mean, I couldn't go grocery shopping. I couldn't go out because I was, you know, I was positive. Mm -hmm. So I would just, for that whole month, I was just walking the dogs, going to the park by my, uh, not the park, but on the street by myself. And um, I couldn't, I couldn't stay home. <laughs> and then um, thankfully he, uh, he made, uh, made it out. He was, he was sent to a rehabilitation center thinking that he was going to be there for another month. Um, but thankfully he made it out within less than a week oh that's great yeah doctors were impressed with him saying that uh he was not he was one of the first ones to actually get out uh within less than a week his oxygen levels were back to normal he didn't have to have any oxygen at the house and he was fine so uh, it was very hard but um right after that i started running again I joined, uh, I signed up for, if I'm not mistaken, Chicago half. And okay. of course, I did not train for that. <laughs> yeah. A half. You ran a marathon on six miles. It's fine. And, and that was my thinking, right? I, I coming from a shadow marathon and then going through all this, I'm well rested. Mm -hmm. I didn't even know if COVID affected my, my lungs, whatever. I'm just going to do it. <laughs> um, so I, I ran the, uh, the Chicago half and I think I finished in two hours and 22 minutes. Mm -hmm. um, and I was like, okay, so that's not bad. That's um, only 12 minutes um, from my, my half mark from Chevy right. Marathon. So it's not bad. So I'm just going to keep signing for races. Well, and it's so much different when you run alone too. Like yes. You ran that yeah. by yourself. You ran to 10 with 30,000 people. Yes. So did you, right after you finished the Chicago half, then you, did you already have your next virtual race lined up or did you sign up for it after you did Chicago? Uh, well, the, the before Chicago, I actually signed up for Vintage, uh, but that was canceled. Oh, so right, right. yeah, it was canceled. And then, um, I decided to sign up for, um, Cyprus. So I deferred to Cyprus, uh, 2020 virtual. Oh, okay. I missed that. Yeah. One. Oh no, I didn't. Yeah. I see that. It's on my little so, um, 
the uh, the Chicago I did it first, mm-hmm. and then um, I already had the Cypress lineup for uh, I think it was October, mm-hmm. if I'm not mistaken, November something like that, and um, and then I signed up for the New York uh, virtual marathon. So that was another marathon. And I think I did four hours and 42 minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So it was like a few minutes less than my my Chevron. What was it like running a marathon alone? Were you alone? Yes. So since I was, I was always been uh, by myself. It wasn't even hard. Yeah. Oh. You know, I had the, uh, um, what can, how can I say it? I, I'm, I was so used to just being by myself, like uh, the motivation. I had the motivation mm-hmm. bigger because I like the, uh, my passion is running. Mm-hmm. So it doesn't really matter how many miles I run. As If, if I can run alone or with anyone, uh, anybody else, I'm still going to run regardless. And I had already signed up for the race. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to quit or I'm not going to stop a mile 20, you know? Um, so it was, it was really hard. I actually, um, I live on the Northwest area. So I ran from my house towards uh, Antoine. And then on Antoine, I went to White Oak Bayou. Mm-hmm. I went all the way to downtown. Um, I guess my pace was like 9.30. Um, and then from there, I went to the, the Bayou, Allen Parkway. And then I went to Kirby and I went to the Gal- uh, Galleria area. And I ended up on a memorial park and my husband picked me up there. So So, did you map it out beforehand or did you just go for a run? I just went for a run. Oh, I love it. (laughs) Yeah. I I just, um, that was my first time using, uh, ever using Strava like that year. Mm -hmm. I was not familiar with the the features that I had, blah, blah, blah. Even though I paid for the, for the membership, (laughs) I had no idea how to use it. Right. Um, so I, I didn't map it. I just thought about the White Oak Bayou connects on Antoine. I just go all the way downtown and just finish a couple of miles here and there. Um, when I got to the Galleria area, I the train stopped me. Okay. So I went to Google Maps and I uh, I had to reroute and then uh, go somewhere else. And I ended up on 610 uh, on, on Woodway. Uh-huh. And then that's how I went to uh, Memorial Park. Okay. Yeah. The only thing I had for that marathon, uh, I remember it was my, my hydration pack mm-hmm. and there was no Gatorade, no nothing um, on, on that pack, packed. It was just water. And um, I had like two gels, uh, Gatorade and um, a couple of Oreos. Nice. And that, that was it. That's what uh, kept me going. And I guess that's, uh, the reason why I couldn't even do, um, I, I think I could have done a better time than 442, but it was just my nutrition and my, my hydration. It wasn't there. Right. Well, so two, roughly two months later, you did the virtual Houston marathon and the virtual Houston half and the virtual Houston 5k. Right. <laughs> so, um, yeah. um, well, number one, what, I didn't, I couldn't find your half, but so like, what order did you run it in? And did you just do them so all I, back to back or did you do like the half one weekend and the marathon the next? Uh, okay. So side, by, backtrack to, uh, 
Okay, no. <laughs> Let me think about this. Okay, so when I had signed up for, uh, I was already signed up for the Chevron Marathon right. uh, at the beginning of the year. Mm -hmm. And then um, around October, November, I went, I, I remember uh, running at Memorial Park and I, I didn't know anyone back then. Um, so I remember seeing this lady and uh, you had just had her uh, here on, on the podcast. Her name is Glenda, Glendastica. So I remember seeing her running with uh, uh, Viv and, and Pedro, mm -hmm. uh, her running uh, mates. So I saw her and I was like, oh, you look familiar. And of course, I run without my, my, my glasses and without my glasses, I'm, I'm practically blind. <laughs> so... Um, that time I was wearing my glasses and I was like, oh, she looks familiar. I don't know who she is. And then I went back to my Instagram after the run. And, you know, on Strava, when you run kind of similar. Oh, um, mm -hmm. Yeah, it gives you like a group of people running the same distance around the same time. So I remember seeing her. And then um, she was doing her takeover on, on Chevron Marathon as an ambassador. So I was like, oh, I, I know her. Um, okay, so let me try to reach out to her. And then before the, 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 the week of the, of the race, um, probably a month before, we started running together. Like we were doing six miles, seven miles, nine miles at Memorial Park every Saturday around 6 a.m. Mm -hmm. um, but I was having pain again on, for the plantar fasciitis. So I couldn't do more than nine miles at that time. But um, I knew that I have the endurance to finish a, a marathon. Mm -hmm. So... Um, I reach out to her. Hey, um, what's your plan for for the half or the, the full in the 5K? So um, she invited me actually to to run with them. So uh, uh, we did the the half the weekend before, and then um, the full uh, the week after. Yeah, and and we ran in, uh, we ran ran the the half and the full together. Very cool. Yeah. And then thanks to her, I met new uh, other people that uh, run with champions running. Mm -hmm. uh, I met Jorge again. Uh, I met Jorge through Instagram as well. Mm -hmm. And um, he runs with champion running. And then I met other people because of him. So it was just like um, a puzzle. pieces coming together and me meeting new people, new runners. And um, it, was, it was a very cool experience. Like on that half and full, uh, I met the most people in my entire life and everyone, everyone running for the same thing. Uh, and yeah, it was, it was insane. Very cool. Well, were, so, I mean, were... go ahead. Oh no, I'm sorry. No worries. When you, <laughs> so you run your marathon and you shaved over a half an hour off your personal best um the Chevron marathon I've I didn't really count that as um uh, as an official time you so, are now my new favorite person because I think <laughs> they need to be races to count as your PR too but for a marathon I could probably look the other way <laughs> yeah because if I look at my Strava it says five hours <laughs> uh, <laughs> I remember uh you know stopping the watch for oh, some reason I got you. So I don't really count that as my personal best. Okay. My personal best would be the New York uh, uh, virtual 442. And um, in my half, I think it was 
somewhere around 130 uh, for that or 140 something. But again, it was virtual. Okay. Um, so I don't, I don't really count that as my official time. Um, so right after that, uh, I signed up for Woodlands in Pearland. Yes. So I finished the, uh, the half, the 5K in the, in the fall. And I think uh, 2020, it was the, uh, the year that I have ever accomplished the most things in my life, even, even though it was tough. So we fin- I finished the, the half, the full and, and the 5K. And then February came, and I was about to sign up for Rocky Raccoon. <laughs> oh. So then 50K. Um, but then I looked at the, uh, at the weather, and I was like, oh, I'm not running at Huntsville. Running and with this, no. So that kept me from not signing up for another crazy race. Um, but February came, and then um, this, the, the winter storm that we had and um, ever since then, it has been a chaos in the house. Uh, we were affected by the leaks, the uh, frozen pipes, and up to, this, uh, up to this date, we're still dealing with insurance, uh, try to get the um, construction done. So far, uh, we can't even cook at the house. Yeah, but um, so running has kept me from going insane and not, <clears throat> And that's the main reason why I keep signing for these races because I know that I'm forced to, um, to keep running. Um, so right after the, the full and the, and the Chevron weekend, um, because of Glenda, I met this running group. I'm not sure if I'm going to say it right, but it's NOR or ANUR. Mm-hmm. Uh, they do a track workout at the uh, North side <clears throat> on Wednesdays. And she invited me over and uh, they are very welcoming. Um, so I joined them for one Wednesday. Um, and then I kept going back and back and back and back until my my half at the Woodlands. So my previous best time, uh, even though it was virtual, it was Cypress. I think it was 205 half marathon. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and then... So I ran Woodlands and since I have already done some track workout, I already knew how to hydrate, how to, um, you know, carb load before and, the, and, even, and even the week um, prior to the race, you need to stay hydrated. Um, <clears throat> I used to drink, I drink Pedialyte mm-hmm. um, and the noon taps as well. So going into, uh, into Woodlands, I was having so much pain on my feet again um, that I didn't even think I was gonna finish. So I went into race, uh, racing, not knowing what I was going to go for. I was, I didn't even think I, I had a time in mind to finish. But um, that day was, it was a cool morning. It was kind of chilly morning. Um, we took a couple of pictures with them in the morning. And then uh, I was on the last parade uh, at, at the Woodlands because I signed up very, very uh, last minute. Mm-hmm. So I was like on the parking lot somewhere uh, at the very top of the roof <laughs> waiting for, for, for me to start running. And at that time, I had already, I had already used the, the bathroom like four times. I was nervous. I was, I didn't know. I, I had no idea what's going on through my head. But um, I started running. Uh, I think uh, my first couple of miles, they were like 8.30 uh, per mile, uh, which is something that I have never done. 
Um, but again, all this cross training and the track workouts, they paid off. Um, so by the time I was almost done, uh, I looked at my watch and I was like, I don't think this can be right. <laughs> um, I don't think this can be right. Because the last time it was um, 210, um, the first time 210, the second time 222, the third time 205, and now I'm on there two. So I think it was um, two, no, it was 153, 152, 153, the Woodlands, um, if I'm not mistaken. So I finished and I, when I looked at my watch, I couldn't believe it. And I was like, okay, so this is my personal time, my, my personal best, my PR. I was excited. Um, I was like, this is the reason I keep running. I don't run against everybody else, but I, I do it for myself. I like to run and compete uh, with my own self. Mm-hmm. Like I know I can, uh, that's a way for me to keep pushing myself to keep doing more. And I know that I can do more. So I signed up for the Perlin half and I'm like, okay. So when someone told me, uh, I met a friend, Marie, she told me about the, uh, the course and the huge bridge that we have to cross not only one time, but four times. Uh, <laughs> so um, they, uh, I remember she was telling me that it was towards the end of the race, but that was a lie. Because you have to go uh, on a loop twice, so and go the, the same way. It was very. It, it's a very very boring course, and not a lot of, a lot of audience expectations. So um, it was very boring. But I re- I enjoy it somehow. You know the joy of running. That's what uh, kept me going. So I remember the the first loop that I went. Um, my personal. Uh, 10k it was 51 minutes for a 10k and my watch told me that that was my um my personal best at that time of the race and I was like okay so I can if I can keep up this pace that means that um I can probably finish even uh um sooner than um my previous one so when I was doing the last uh bridge I looked at my watch and uh, I was going uphill and I looked at my watch and I'm like, uh, I don't think I can do it. So I thought about stopping, like stopping at the day, going up, but I didn't. I'm like, I know it's painful, but this is just for now. You're just going to feel the pain right now. So if you keep going, um, you, uh, you know, that memory, that experience is going to be for forever. So I remember telling myself, you can keep going. So as soon as I got, a, uh, I went, I got to the top of the hill, uh, the, the bridge, and I went down speeding. Like I didn't have no brakes, no nothing. And I was like, this is what's going to propel me to keep going. Mm-hmm. And I could not stop. I looked at my watch and um, I was almost, uh, I couldn't even breathe anymore. The last half mile to go. Um, but when I finished the uh, the, when I crossed the finish line, I looked at my watch and it was 148. So I, that was just a lot of joy and tears and emotions. Um, it, it was it was amazing. It was incredible. Uh, I couldn't even think that and uh, believe that uh, I actually did it in 148. And I know I can do better. And um, 
right now I'm actually doing my training. So I'm, I'm training properly now. I talked to Araceli because I, I, I listened to her podcast and I, I reached out to her on Instagram and I was like, oh my God, I really identify with your story because it, the same thing happened to me. And, um, you know, we, I have experienced a lot of, um, not a lot, but some of, um, how can I say this? Not discrimination. Well, somehow discrimination. And I don't know if it's because my, um, me being gay, uh, open, you know, openly gay, uh, maybe that makes feel, makes people feel uncomfortable in some kind of way. But at the end of the day, uh, I don't really pay attention to that. My joy is running and just get along with everyone and um, just keep going. So I'm, I reached out to her and I told her my story, the story that I told you. She was like, oh, wow, you, that means, because I asked her about a 50K and what would be the best one to do? And she said, uh, Brazos Bend. And I was like, okay, so let me just research a little bit about that. And when I told her about me running 26 miles without training, she was like, oh no, you, you, you can do a 50K. You have the endurance and you can run through uh, with pain. So that means that you can do a 50K. And I was like, oh, thank you. Thank you. That's very nice of you. <laughs> but yeah, and I do, uh, I, I do uh, some trail running here and there, like um, Mayor Park with Champion Running. Uh, I actually joined Champion Running this year and I have been doing my long runs with them. I did my virtual, uh, virtual well, long run, but it was a virtual uh, race for them. Some um, Karen, no, not Karen, Angela and Juan, members of the Champion Running. And um, Karen and I, we decided to join them to to do it with them as a you know the long run for the training plan. And um, the training plan that I'm following is the one that Chevron gave, gives you when you sign up for the Chevron Marathon. So it, I'm really enjoying that training plan. Like it tries, like it forces me to slow down, mm-hmm. even though I'm not the fastest. But every run uh, that I used to go, it was my same pace, 8.30, 8.25, 8.30, 8.25. I, I, I don't even think about slowing down. Mm-hmm. But now that I'm following this training plan, it's um, forcing me. Mm-hmm. Like yesterday, my, my, tr- my, my workout for the day was four miles at 10.48. I en- ended up doing it at 9.16, 9.40. It's hard, but um, it's forcing me to uh, focus on my heart rate and, and pretty much slowing down. So I'm, I'm really enjoying it. Uh, it's, uh, it's tough, but uh, I'm building my mileage. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I think the, uh, the most I have done is 35 miles a week. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, and I saw on your Instagram that, I think it was on your Instagram, that you're running. So you're signed up for the 2022 chevron houston marathon uh fundraising for a second cup actually no um that was for that's the link for my my friend karen so uh, i put it on on my website on my instagram account so people can see it and they can go and and donate money but that will be my next uh the next way i sign up for a race i would like to raise funds for an organization charity that i believe and that i stand for okay um I'm doing some research about the uh, Chur project. I'm not sure if they, you know, affiliate with Chevron uh, Marathon or any other. Um, I, 
I mean, I'm almost positive they're not with the Houston Marathon because all of the charities associated with the Houston Marathon are local. Local. And the Trevor yeah. Project obviously is national. Um, but I'm sure that there's something out there that they're affiliated with. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they were affiliated with one of the larger marathons like New York or something. Mm -hmm. So that's what I'm um, doing the research for. Um, my husband works for AT&T and we tend to um, do a lot, a, a lot of donations for them. Um, but um, that's that will be my next step. The uh, running for a charity and raising money, and because at the end of the day, I mean, running it's it's not free. <laughs> and that's what I say. That just don't know. Yeah, I used to think this that running was the uh, least expensive sport there, but now, um, like ten pairs of shoes later. My husband keeps telling me, you better stop buying shoes. <laughs> what uh, which shoes are you wearing now to run in? What do you like? Um, I run in Hoka's uh, and Brooks. Okay. Those are the only ones that actually keep me from having pain uh, when I'm running. And uh, actually, I PR. My two, excuse me, my two PRs, I did them on uh, Clifton 7. No, the first one, Clifton 7. And then the second one, it was the Hoka mac 4 which is one of the new models that they have yeah and um i just re recently bought another pair and of course he was upset <laughs> <laughs> and the thing is that i keep telling my i uh, i keep telling my friend karen hey karen um i just bought a new pair of shoes and but i keep telling my husband that we need to save money and <laughs> When he finds out that uh, I bought another pair of shoes or running gear, it's like, um, I thought you, we were supposed to be saving money. And I'm like, well, I mean, I need them for, for running, you know? You want me to get you hurt know? again? Right. I have so much pain on my feet. So I need them for my, <laughs> for my running. <laughs> Who knows? I'm going to probably win the next race. Then that will make up for all the running shoes that I have purchased in the past, uh, past 2020, actually. All the running shoes that I have now, I bought them in 2020. <laughs> yeah, but- um, You in a pandemic, buy new shoes. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. All right, we've hit the 120 mark, so I don't want to keep you too much longer. I know. <laughs> See, and you thought you wouldn't have anything to say. So let's <laughs> move into what I consider my fun questions. Where is your favorite place to run in Houston? Um, I would say now Eastern Glades Memorial Park is beautiful. Like I like to go and as you saw my Instagram, I like to take a lot of pictures when I'm running and uh, the sun sits there, the sun rises, you get everything, you get everything and you don't even feel like uh, you're in the city. Yeah. So that would be my, the, be the best, um, the best place for me to run. Good answer. If you could run with anyone, living or dead, for any distance, who would it be and how far would you go? Uh, this is actually a good question. I just talked to my husband about this, that I would love to run with my mom. She's not a runner, but um, she likes to work out. And um, as a starter, I don't want to go to 26 <laughs> like me, but um, I will go probably a 5K with her. Yeah, it, it will be... Uh, it would mean a lot to me if she could do that with me. Yeah. Maybe the Houston 5K this year. Just get her to do it with yeah. you before the race. Yeah. Then you don't want to run fast. Yeah. 
I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to talk to her and see if she wants to train with me for one of those uh, easy pace uh, runs. Oh, that would be very cool. Yeah. Um, looking back to all of the time that you've been running, and this doesn't have to be a race, what is your best running memory? Um, finishing the cross, uh, crossing the finish line of Chevron Marathon 2020. Just looking my uh, on the side, on my left-hand side, uh, my husband, my family, just waving at me, calling my name, and me crossing that finish line, it was just amazing, like unbelievable. That, that, that would be my best experience. And um, I would say that um, also the last long run that I did with uh, members of Champion Running, Karen, Angela, and Juan, it was a walk, run, walk, run, ma uh, half marathon. It was it was amazing. It was very very exciting, and I actually enjoyed it. Like um, I can I can probably run more than twenty six miles doing that. I, I don't have a problem. So yeah. Do you have any crazy running stories? Has anything crazy ever happened to you out on the run? Um, yes, having the goose, the gel goose. <laughs> Again, I have no idea uh, that I had to uh, take some kind, uh, kind of gels or nutrition, energy, endurance kind of thing. So my friendlies uh, gave me the goose and I guess she's been, you know, uh, taking them forever and she got used to it. So since I never trained with them, um, I remember having two uh, latte ones, uh, chai latte ones, and that's when I had to actually go to the bathroom. So it wasn't, it wasn't a good experience. <laughs> and that was Chevron 2020. Yeah, you got to watch out the first time you take a goo. Um, yeah. Okay, on Instagram, your handle is Kermit the Runner. <laughs> Where did that come from? Why, what's? Um, well, I like frogs. <laughs> I like uh, the green color. And then... Um, when I met my husband, I was doing uh, hurdles and um, a lot of jumping jacks and things like that, my workout. Mm -hmm. So um, the very first gift that he gave me when uh, we got together, it was um, a pillow. And it was a, a, the Kermit the Run, a Kermit the Runner, the Kermit the Frog uh, face. Oh. So um, ever since then, he, he named me Kermit the Runner. And... I, I, I just got, you know, it just, I just kept it. Oh, I was like, it, sounds, it sounds fun. And that's the nickname that he gave me. So I just, I just keep it. Oh, I love it. Um, <laughs> so we talked about how you got into running, what your journey has looked like over these last couple of years. Why do you keep going? Why do you run? Um, for sanity. <laughs> sanity and at the same time to encourage other people out there that you don't really have to be um this fast for you to be a runner any um any pace that you run walk jog you are a runner and um i said once that a runner <clears throat> excuse me running makes me disconnect from the city life um like i sound um I don't think about anything when I'm running. My mind is just blind. I'm listening to music, I put my headphones. Um, it's a very relaxing thing, thing to do. 
And um, if I, by me posting my running journey and my weight loss journey on Instagram and social media, and if that can help somebody else to uh, motivate somebody else, that's the main reason why I do it. I have received messages on Instagram saying that I'm, uh, my Instagram is very inspiring and my story, how I share my weight loss and this and this. Um, so that's the main reason why I do it because I like to encourage, motivate others. And that's why I like to actually put my, at the, at the very end of every post I put, be kind because we could use a lot um, more kindness in the world and just, you know, realize that this, we're just here to enjoy life and you don't have to be rude the respect disrespectful to anybody else and me sharing positive things on instagram through my running um that's what keeps me going that's what keeps me i love it and i am really excited to see what you can do in your next marathon when you actually follow a training plan that will be chicago oh very exciting yeah, I'm excited. Um, it's October. Yeah, second. Yeah. So I'm excited. All right. Well, I will good be luck. My results. Sorry? I will be posting my results on Instagram, of course. Obviously. I mean, I'm going to watch your training. And so very much good luck in your next Thank upcoming you. races and with your training. And I hope your planner gets in better. But I really appreciate you talking to me today. Thank you so much for your time, Juan. No, thank you for having me, Vicky. It was a pleasure. As always, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Runners of Hue. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, or however your podcasts. And if you like what you're hearing, please subscribe to the show and leave us a rating and review on iTunes. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you next time. <laughs>